Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cloud Wars. We are delighted to be here today at Google Cloud headquarters to speak with Thomas Curian, the CEO of Google Cloud. And Thomas has just been named as the Cloud Wars CEO of the year. Thomas, congratulations on the recognition and thanks for making time to chat with us today. Thank you very much, Bob. Thomas, thanks. There's so much has gone on in this first year that you've been here. Tell us a little bit about as you go around the world talking to customers in every sort of industry, what are you seeing out there and what makes the biggest impression on you? I think, you know, we started the year by focusing on changing our organization to be customer centric um, and to understand from the customer's point of view, what's the journey that they're trying to make to the cloud? What solutions can enable that journey? And how do we build the best you know, capability as an organization, not just products, mm -hmm. but all the other things that they would want from us to support them on that journey. And I think the more we do that, the better we get an appreciation of what people are trying to accomplish. And different organizations, everybody is sort of looking at cloud through different lenses. But the important thing we get is that they're looking to solutions for problems that they have, primarily around digital. And Thomas, you mentioned the digital, and we've, everybody's heard the term digital transformation perhaps more often than we'd like, so that the term's a little overused, but the concept is so powerful today. That's right. Are you surprised? Are you impressed by the pace at which companies are taking up this big new initiative? Because it's, it's got to be one of the most difficult things some companies have ever done. Yeah. You know, the interesting thing is CEOs look at this as solutions to problems. If they look at, for example, retail, they look at how can I do one day shipping? How can I help people order at home and pick up at the store? How do I do inventory planning better? If you're talking to financial institutions, are there better solutions to do fraud detection, anti-money laundering? If you talk to logistics and manufacturing companies, how can I optimize the location of my fleet? How can I save money doing that better? How can I do scheduling better? There's so many different examples of actual business problems that technology can solve. And so what we're doing a lot of is listening to our customers and working ourselves and with a set of partners to identify these important solutions in each industry. And digital is an underpinning, it's just a technology foundation, but our goal is to deliver those solutions. Right, right. And Thomas, as you described that across different industries and the digital capabilities there, I've been surprised over this year, we hear CEOs in every industry you could imagine saying that our top goal has to be to deliver fantastic customer experiences. Yes. So has that been something that Google Cloud has embraced as one of your objectives? Absolutely. I mean, the, you know, everybody wants to create that magic moment with their customer. Mm -hmm. And it could be when you order at home and you drive into the retailer and they bring your stuff to the from you know to curbside. It could be that they find you a product that you thought you couldn't find. Uh, it could be that you can take a picture, imagine an experience that you've had, take a picture, and the you know the hotel or the retailer finds that experience for you. If you go to a bank, you know in the old days you knew the banker in your yeah. local town, and financial institutions want to create that personalized experience but they want to use technology so they can do it at scale. And so creating that experience with a customer where every customer feels like the company that's selling something to them, that's marketing something to them, knows them personally and helps them make the right decision, I think is super important. And I think we're helping a lot of institutions 
around the world in many, many different industries in many countries do that in new ways using the technology that we offer. Yeah. And Thomas, in this, you know, your first year here at Google Cloud, you've been very gracious from your first public comments a year ago about uh, acknowledging Diane Green and the contribution she made. And at the same time, you had to come in and push some changes in the organization. How did you find that balance? You know, Google has always had, Diane, to a credit, put in place a great technology foundation. Uh, we've always had a great heritage at Google and building great product. But the things that we've changed this year are really putting the customer first. We start with the customer. We want to be the best organization in terms of understanding the needs, providing them the product capability to solve those needs, bring the expertise that we have, but that expertise has to be matched with empathy with what they're facing. Mm -hmm. And you know th that's the, the combination of those two, the expertise we have on products and technology blended with a deep appreciation of what's the problem they're trying to solve and how do we do that for them is that combination. And to be honest with you, we've been extraordinarily fortunate our Googlers have really stepped forward. They've, they embrace that. They understand that that's what's important. They enjoy working with customers. And it's been a real you know, pleasure to watch and a privilege to watch our organization mature that way. Thomas, that actually, your notion there about customer empathy, that was one of the key things that I think led to the choice of you as the CEO of the year. Could you talk a little bit more about that? Because it seems like if, a company like Google has had this extraordinary tradition of technology expertise. It's not just a simple thing to come in and flip a switch and say, okay, now get the empathy thing. It's, you know, in a large organization, particularly one that's growing, there's only a few themes that can permeate the organization. And culturally, we chose customer centricity and customer empathy because, you know, our people are more extraordinarily creative. And the important thing we want to do is apply that creativity to solving problems for customers. And it's it's been something that's permeated our organization. It affects every part of it. Um, how our customer service organization answers a question when a customer has uh, an issue they want resolved. How our engineers talk to customers to understand what needs they have in the product roadmap. How our solution architects understand the footprint of the customer when they design a solution for them, how we work with partners because partners complement our platform and how we bring in the partners so that we and the partner share the same aspiration with customer. It's, it permeates every part of our organization and credit to our leadership team and to the many, many Googlers who work in the cloud team. They've really done an amazing job accepting that responsibility, understanding the need to do it right and it's really becoming a, a sort of a, a cultural norm in our organization uh, to accept that responsibility as the most important thing that we do. Yeah, if you get it into that point where it becomes a cultural norm, that's a, that's a powerful then asset to be able to leverage for it in the future, right? Not something that's being learned along the way. That's right, that's right. Thomas, anything over the last year that stands out to you that has surprised you? You know, just the, the way that people are looking at cloud um, I think it's it's not a surprise, but I thought that the industry would go that way. You know, if you look at cloud, if you went back to 2000 to 2006 and you talk to people about cloud, they would largely say it's software as a service. The word cloud didn't exist back then. It was application software as a service. 
And a lot of the value that people talked about there was about convenience. You, instead of getting on-premise software that you had to install and manage and upgrade, you get a browser and your users get it through the browser. The second phase was really between 2005, six to 2015. And a lot of that was around economic efficiency, right? Cost economics by saying, don't run your data centers, put it in our data centers and run it. I think we are now entering a new phase and that's really about what kind of new capability can you provide as a cloud provider that people can't solve in other ways and are there technology and solutions you can offer that people can do another way. And I think today when we see customers talking to us, that's the primary thing that they're discussing with us. There's certainly what can be done more conveniently, how do you save money, all that. But a lot of the conversations are now about, can you help me with a business problem and can you help me break through something that I couldn't do before? And that's a lot of the conversations that are happening now and it's exhilarating. And I'd say that is probably the biggest shift I see going forward. So you mentioned the term here, exhilarating. And I think for the case of you know, some of Google Cloud's customers or people who may be in the future, it's a little too much exhilaration. Everything is changing, right? Their, their customers and what they want and need, the channels, their business models are changing, the type of talent they need to bring in. So Thomas, how does Google Cloud try to differentiate itself from other providers in the field to be able to offer that higher level value to help these business customers keep up with this relentless change going on all around them? You know, one thing we see a lot is by providing solutions to problems, right? Because Telling a customer, here is a set of capability or products, and you assemble that into a solution is very challenging for people. I'll give you a practical example. You know, we, we talk to people about AI and ML, and there's a huge shortage of people in the industry to do AI ML well. And one example we see a lot is every organization has contact centers. And when I say contact centers, hospitals have them, Retailers have them, financial institutions have them, hotels have them, communication companies have them. And we were talking about that moment where you create the magic with a customer. And to be honest with you, 99% of the engagement after the initial purchase is through the contact center. And telling people, hey, there are technologies like speech to text, translation, all of these things. Why don't you hire 100 data scientists and build a solution to improve contact centers is very challenging for companies uh, because there's a scarcity of talent. So our approach has been create a solution that helps people really fundamentally improve the experience that their consumers have when they call the contact center without having them to have an army of people and expertise themselves. And we want to enable organizations to be bold and to be brave in accepting the technology change by being a partner with them and providing them the right solutions so that in the face of this accelerating change, they don't freeze and feel afraid of embracing the technology. Yeah, because most companies would feel a little afraid if you come up and say, hey, just go hire 100 data scientists. That in itself yeah. is a challenge, right? Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And part of our, you know, this notion of empathy and customer centricity is recognizing what aspirations the company would have or the customer would have, and what's the best solution to supporting them to reach that aspiration. And sometimes it's not about a product, it's about a solution that we're putting together because it can simplify their ability to reach that aspiration 
even if they are not able to hire the people they need, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, okay. Now, Thomas, one thing, uh, not philosophical, but stepping back a little bit on things, some of the changes you've talked about in these companies that Google Cloud is helping them to, uh, to deal with and to overcome and to become masters at, it really changes the nature of the business that a lot of your customers are operating every day. And I think in one way, there are these, these ideas that some companies carry along, like front office and back office. Right. I just find that some of those terms are becoming real anachronisms. They, they just don't mean anything today. Yes. And your point about the contact centers having such a massive role in yes. that, that's got to be something that perhaps Google Cloud in your conversation with, do you help CEOs or CXOs understand the changing nature of what's going on around the whole world of business? Absolutely. I mean, the, I'll give you a really practical example. Lots of retailers say, hey, I'd like to compete with pure e-commerce vendors by being able to ship from my store directly to the customer's home because I can do same-day delivery. Now, the interesting thing, that's a very powerful customer-facing value proposition they offer. But one of the challenges that that creates is every store becomes a mini warehouse. Mm -hmm. And so it becomes a point of inventory. And so now your inventory management systems and inventory planning systems and demand forecasting systems, which historically were considered a back office thing and were used to planning across 50 warehouses in North America. Now you've got to plan across 5,000 retail stores. Mm -hmm. So that line between what's a customer facing function and what's a back office function increasingly is less and less relevant because the demands from consumers and the ability for an organization to get competitive advantage and differentiate is changing those, those boundaries, if you will. These changes are occurring at this you know, breakneck speed out in the marketplace. You've talked also about where does Google move up the software stack. So how do you balance that between the roles of partners and what Google Cloud itself will take on? Great question. You know, we've always had the philosophy that platforms that win in the end are differentiated not just by the vendor's own solutions, but by the ecosystem of solutions that are available on that. And so we've defined a very clear partner program. It spans a number of different kinds of partners that customers have needs for. You know, not just distributors and resellers, but system integrators, solution providers, managed services companies, et cetera. And we've been really pleased with the growth that we're seeing with the partner community. Um, they're frankly growing even faster than our organic business itself because partners are delivering a lot more solutions on top of Google Cloud this year. The second thing in engaging with the partners, we've been very clear on where do we plan to offer solutions and where do they complement us. And lastly, we've been also very clear that we're not a services company, we're a you know, product and solutions company. We have a very small services arm, but that's primarily around some very advanced areas like AI and machine learning, where we need to prove out some of these solutions we're building on the cutting edge before we make them available to partners. And so I think being clear and crisp on our aspirations, how we actually engage and work with partners, and then supporting partners and being very clear which partners we work with in which countries, for example, has been really good for us to give clarity to our organization and for the partners and customers. Okay. And Thomas, how about that point? Um, you mentioned there'll be some areas that you want to leave wide open for the partners to yes. get into, but there'll be other areas perhaps where Google's going. So 
clearly you're making you know huge strides with G Suite. Will Google Cloud? Do you feel that part of your future is moving in more into the SaaS space? We we are doing a lot of work in providing solutions to we allow customers to keep the business process layer as is because re-implementing the business process layer is extraordinarily challenging for them. It'll be many years and many you know. Uh, cycles to replace that, but to extract from the business process layer the data, do analytics and optimization, and feed it back in. So I'll just give you two examples. We we've done work with many many of the top retailers in the world around supply chain, inventory planning, and optimization. And it's partly driven by, you know, they, they there's a lot of move to improving product cycles. This notion of fast retailing. So. Yeah being able to have faster product cycles. There's many, many more points in which you're maintaining inventory because of your stores becoming points of inventory. And then the demand planning process that ties many more SKUs, which have shorter life cycles with many more points of inventory can lead to an extraordinarily expensive you know, cost of inventory. So we tell customers, don't replace your current supply chain planning systems. Keep them as is, but extract the data from that put it into our analytics and machine learning platform, and we'll build you a much more accurate and more sophisticated demand planning solution. That's an example. Similar thing, there's lots of companies that do in financial services that do um, anti-money laundering. Mm -hmm. To be honest with you, the solutions there are largely rules-based, and those rules lead to lots of false positives, which are expensive because of regulatory requirements on reporting those false positives. Um, so many of the financial institutions are now using solutions we have developed around anti-money laundering, which are more AI-based. What we mean by that is rather than have a static rule set, we build a more you know, dynamically evolving neural network-based solution to detect fraud. You don't have to replace your core banking systems or your KYC systems. You use this as a more sophisticated way of detecting fraud. And so our Aspirations certainly are to provide solutions and to move up the value chain, uh, but not to build process-centric applications, but to become what we call the business optimization engine. Uh, rather than re-implementing a business process, you can keep your business process application the way it is, but we're building business optimization solutions that allow you to take data out of the application, add more sophistication to it, and then improve your organization's financial performance as a result. Yes, Thomas, that's that's a that's remarkable on a, a few counts. One is it brings to bear some of the the data skills that you've got here, the AI, the ML, so many others. It, will this create a new category in sort of the you know the ever evolving cloud space? We're you know we're we're working on building out a portfolio of solutions. Okay, whether that becomes a new category or not, we haven't spent a lot of time thinking about it. Right. Our view is a lot of this is about delivering value to our customers. And we've seen some really amazing results. You know, we've had customers tell us, for example, hey, I've been told it'll take me 10 years to re-optimize my supply chain infrastructure. And what you guys delivered for me in four months mm -hmm. is cutting my, you know, is improving my inventory turns and my supply chain efficiency by 10 times. Mm -hmm. And so our goals are to make sure that we can provide through our capabilities in data analytics, machine learning, new solutions that can change how an organization functions in a fundamental way. And that could be about 
lowering cost. It could be about improving customer experience, the contact center example we talked about. It could be about detecting things in new ways like fraud in new ways that was not possible before. And a lot of our solutions are we pick the industries we're focused on and trying to pick a few very important strategic problems for companies in those industries and doing a much better job at solving them. So going into some white spaces currently not being served and bringing to bear uh, around the customer need the various sets of expertise and capabilities that Google Cloud has. That's right. I, I'll give you just one example to illustrate what I mean. Hospitals, you know, they, the years and years ago, hundreds of years ago, Louis Pasteur identified and built uh, you know, a solution with the microscope to let people who are doctors see objects like bacteria and viruses that were not visible to the human eye. And that changed the foundation of how medical science advanced. Mm -hmm. Today, when hospitals are trying to use data, they've had a hard time correlating information about patients from multiple silos within the organization. And what I mean by that is you've got your electronic health record system, you've got your clinical care system, you may have the patient registered for a clinical trial, you may have them have a genetic sequence done uh, to see if they have any you know, genetic predisposition for a disease. But pulling all that information together to allow the doctors and the clinicians to see that, because you could say, hey, this patient has type one diabetes risk, and they have been registered in this clinical trial, uh, but it doesn't look like the medicine is working for them, et cetera, is really a new way of helping doctors improve the standard of care. And so our goal there, as an example, is we, we have expertise within Google. You know, when we do search on the web, a lot of our algorithm is about pulling data from different sources and standardizing it so that it becomes searchable. Our approach is to pull data from a variety of these systems that exist in hospitals and put it in front of the clinicians so they can improve the standard of care. And we look at that as providing the equivalent of a microscope on top of their data to help clinicians. So that's an example of where we've identified a problem space. We've talked to a number of hospitals who have expressed real interest in getting better tools to help their clinicians understand data better. And we see that as moving the frontiers of healthcare forward. Yeah. Thomas, final, final question for you. And that is, how do you balance uh, this need for the company to move quickly and change quickly along with, I think what you've called before, a little bit of a sense of patience? You know, I'll, I compare that to running a marathon. Uh -huh. You know, the, uh -huh. there's a great runner, Elliot Kipchoge, who just ran a marathon under two hours, uh, something that people never thought possible. And he's a, you know, I'm a big fan of his. And it's sort of like running a marathon. You know, you, it's, you have to be patient because marathon runners typically run two or three races a year. Um, but it doesn't mean tomorrow morning you don't wake, wake up and train hard for it. And so we are blending and balancing the need to be patient in the long term with urgency every day. And to be honest, it's a credit to our organization and the people uh, who work at Google that they express and appreciate the combination of those two. And it's that knowing that you have to do something every day that gives them a feeling of reward every evening, that they actually were able to do something that day that mattered. But in the same sense, knowing that this is a long journey 
And it's a many, many years of technology transformation that'll take place, but they also are patient with that. And that's a credit, frankly, to our organization. We've been blessed with an amazing collection of people uh, who bring their best to work every day. Thomas, that's a great thought. Thank you so much for your time here. And again, congratulations on the uh, CEO of the Year Award. Thank you so much, Bob. It's a pleasure to meet you again. Well, along with thanking Thomas for this great discussion, thanks to all of you for being with us here at Cloud Wars and our CEO of the Year, Thomas Kurian of Google Cloud.